This is Ashley Hodge of the Sikkim 365 postgame podcast. I'm coming to you after TCU's upset loss to Northwestern State, 64-63. Oh, my bad. We're, we're supposed to start with the Baylor game. Let's talk Baylor first, Kendall. I'm joined by Kendall Cout, and uh, Baylor won 95-62 at the Farrell Center. Uh, took care of business. I mean, it was uh, – had some good things to talk about, you know, some areas of improvement certainly, but uh, – 33-point wins, we don't want to take those for granted because not everybody in the conference is uh, beating these teams you're supposed to beat uh, by 33 points, are they, Kendall? Uh, they're very much not. I couldn't believe how far TCU had already fallen to Ken Palm. I had to scroll down to number 36. And <laughs> that's before Northwestern State uh, took care of business. So congratulations to TCU on making it through three guaranteed games with only one loss. <laughs> let's, let's 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 recap here okay uh before we start on baylor you know um it is tcu hate week and and baylor's playing them in football and hopefully we ruin their uh chances of an undefeated season and going to the cfp but um this is not a football podcast so we won't dwell on that too much but they played a uh, number 355 arkansas pine bluff to open the season they squeaked by them with the 73 to 72 win then they played number 357, Lamar, and they beat them 77-66. to 66. And so tonight they had uh, Northwestern State coming in, 352 in Ken Palm. And there's only, what, 360 teams total some, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, so they were favored 85 to, 50, uh, 85 to 56, and they lose by one at home. And, and Micah Peavy, of all people, takes the game-winning shot from three-point range. Uh, not the best shooter in the world, but, hey, when – when you have a bunch of bad shooters, I guess sometimes he's he's the best house in a bad neighborhood, so to speak. This is the worst opening schedule I've ever seen. I mean, Baylor often plays two god-awful teams right. to begin the year. But to have three in a row that are three of the 15 worst teams in college basketball, uh, I'm just utterly floored. I don't know if Eddie Lampton lost too much weight. I don't know what's going on, but... <laughs> Something's not right at TCU. Well, and, and the crazy thing about it is um, they were, you know, they pl- they scrimmage Alabama and, and supposedly beat them by 30. So so maybe they're just one of those teams that just gets up for the big opponents. But but I think, you know, this is something we talked about on our uh, preseason podcast. Texas is in the same boat. You got a bunch of guys that can't shoot threes. That court gets pretty small. You can't space the court. You get teams a few days to scout you. You know, teams from the SWAC, you know, I, I don't even know <laughs> Lamar and Northwestern State, what conferences they're in, but I'm sure it's it's a, it's formidable. So so they have, you know, scouting departments, and they're able to re- kind of break down and just say, hey, listen, let's let them shoot threes. They can't shoot threes. And, and then it just makes the game a little harder. And, and you know, so uh, they got challenges, and, and, and I think Texas does too. But uh, we'll, we'll be talking about those teams, you know, plenty uh, before the Big 12 season starts. Let's talk about our Baylor Bears. Uh, first of all, I want to say something. You know, I just want to make an opening statement. Um, how much do we love Fairmont, West Virginia? I mean, what a great town that is. <laughs> it's given us Jalen Bridges. It's given us Dale Bonner. I mean, Dale Bonner played incredible tonight. I mean, you know, he was uh, – I thought he was the player of the game. Adam Flagler had the double-double, 13 points, 10 assists. Uh, but, ba- uh, but Bonner had 12 points. He had four rebounds. He had uh, four assists. He had six steals, six, and zero turnovers. Five for six shooting. I mean, that's darn near a perfect game. I mean, boy, he he really impressed me. I, and and Jalen Bridges, another a great game for him, 15 points. Gotten a little shoving match, which was good to see. Uh, did have two rebounds, two assists. You know, overall, just pretty impressed with our guys from Fairmont, West Virginia. 
And uh, who else stood out to you, Kendall? What did you like uh, from the performances today? Like to all that stuff, I think it goes back to through three games, there's really nothing you can look at offensively unless you really want to get negative. And so this is not at least met or exceeded even the loftiest expectations. For me, the other big takeaway from tonight, Ashley, is even with a few misses at the end of the game, how much more comfortable and just confident LJ Cryer looked, yeah. both from distance and getting the ball inside. I felt like that was maybe the one thing you could look at offensively from those first two games and say, okay, if LJ is a little unconfident heading into Vegas, are we worried about him? But he comes back playing real well. Lagler, the Big 12 player of the week last season. I got no questions about this offense being a lead all season. Yeah, I, I, I no doubt. I mean, they, they can put up points in a hurry. Uh, Keontae George, who we know is one of the most talented offense players in the country, had an off night from an offensive standpoint. Still really stuffed the stat sheet, though. He had 12 points. He had seven rebounds. He had six assists. Took two charges. That was good to see. Had a couple steals. Uh, he was only one for six from three. Jalen Bridges was only one for five. But the team only shot 32% as a whole. Um, they were 10 for 31, which was about the same uh, percentage that Northern Colorado shot. They were 10 for 29. Uh, you know, I was pretty impressed with the aggressiveness of uh, Kuntz uh, for, for Northern Colorado. Um, you know, he kind of kind of reminds me, do, do you remember that game against uh, Wichita State a few years ago? Well, a guy that we will face three times, uh, Eric Stevenson, um, was at Wichita State and just, you know, came out gunning and very confident, you know, would take shots from anywhere, very ultra-aggressive. Uh, that's what Dalen Kuntz for for uh, Northern Colorado reminded me of tonight. Um, you know, I think he ended up with 21 points in the game, so he was solid. Uh, Stevenson's a guy we faced at uh, Wichita State, and and then we played him when he was at Washington. And that now we're going to face him again. Uh, you know, at West Virginia, he's one of the star players for West Virginia. So so I think um, you know it's it's good to, it's good to play a player like that because. You know, he was a guy that just, you know, was taking it right at our defense and uh, put us in some bad situations at times, but um, ended up only shooting uh, uh, one for six from three. He did have five assists. Um, they're, they're a scrappy team. I mean, I think they'll pre do pretty well at the big sky, but just overmatched by Baylor, and particularly Baylor's offensive firepower. I agree with that. Actually, I remember Eric Stevenson's game well because I was at that game in Wichita. Uh, the thing I remember – thing I remember most about that game is George H.W. Bush had died that week, and Baylor got down 40-9 to nine, Yes, uh, against the Shockers. I remember tweeting out, uh, classy, I was like, classy of Baylor to honor George H.W. Bush and Reagan <laughs> winning 49 states in 1984 by ensuring the score would hit 41-31. That's pretty and good. And I remember just being so, so salty in the parking lot after that game, and some Wichita State fan turns to his friend and is like, you know, that's a good team. You figure seven Big 12 teams will make the tournament. And I remember looking at that guy and being like, you were the dumbest man alive after Baylor just got run off the floor for 35 minutes. <laughs> they did, they did come line. back and make it interesting. Uh, but They but, yeah. did, but that's why I've often said that Wichita State fan, they need to find that guy and be like, when no one believed in 2019 <laughs> Baylor basketball, that guy believed. <laughs> but I do agree that they're, they were a scrappy bunch tonight, and they're – Clearly, a tier better than the Mississippi Valley states of the world, and your Northwestern states, uh, your TCU opponents <laughs> of basketball. Oh no! On a neutral court, Northern Colorado is favored by eleven over TCU. There's no <laughs> question about it. And Texas Tech kind of struggled tonight too. Texas Tech got off. I saw they got off to like a twelve, fourteen to two start against Louisiana Tech, 
And I'm, I'm about to look that box score up. So they end up only winning by nine, 64 to 55. So they got their offensive challenges as well. But um, Houston beat Oral Roberts 83 to 50, uh, 45. So they're rolling. They, they got a good squad. That, that may be a team we meet later on in the year. Uh, hopefully somebody knocks them off before we get to Houston, or that's going to be a pretty tough ticket if Baylor and Houston are in the Final Four. But, uh, but hey, good problems to have, right? We'll, we'll take those problems all day long. Absolutely. That was my preseason prediction for the national championship game. But yeah. I think Houston's established themselves as one of the real contenders in the sport. Yeah. As much as we like trolling our fellow Texas schools, uh, no reason to troll Houston right now. No. But I think legit. there are plenty of reasons to wonder if uh, the Mark Adams experience can have a down year when every season is. Everybody's new. <laughs> That's a tough way to build a basketball program. I mean, there are, there are guys like John Calipari and uh, Mike Krzyzewski that have – orchestrated it over the years but uh when when you're not doing it with surefire nba players it, it, it's a tough way to tough way to make a living that's for sure well um what, well, let's talk about caleb loner what, what what did you what did you see from i uh, just talk about our big guys in general um flo thamba he he has a kind of a quiet night on the stat sheet um you know he, he did improve his free throw percentage tonight. I think he came into the game at thirty seven percent, and he he was two for five tonight, so he's forty percent tonight from the free throw line. Um, he had four rebounds. He had six points. He had a block. You know, I thought he, I thought he you know he took took a charge like he normally does. Uh, and then what do you think about Josh and uh, Caleb's uh, performance? I thought this was one of Josh's better games. Even when he got blown by right on that floater, it really wasn't his fault. I thought he's played a lot more controlled defensively. Adam hitting him for that alley-oop, I think it's something we'll probably see against Illinois since they're uh, big men, as we are very familiar with one of them. Maybe isn't the most mobile cat in America, although he's joined the Eddie Lampkin School of Weight Loss. <laughs> so I thought Josh had a real impressive performance. Caleb's done a good job, not taking too many threes, and he's just kind of embraced, I'm not a three-point shooter. Done a lot of the little things well for Baylor. Great job pushing the ball coast-to-coast coast for the Bears tonight, so... I feel pretty good about where Baylor's bigs are in relation to 95% of the scoring is going to come from the wings and the guards this season. But I think defensively they've done a pretty solid job so far. So I'm feeling pretty good about where the bigs are, and I don't blame them for kind of the rebounding woes, which I think is maybe the most apt criticism some people might levy against them. So I'm not too down on the bigs right now, despite if you look at the box score saying, oh, why is the front court scoring over many points? That's not how Baylor plays. Right. It's fine. Right. I'm good with them. Yeah, and and and, and you know, as the season goes along, as as you know, teams adjust and try to smother the perimeter, that's going to open up some things for the inside guys. I, I think we saw some glimpses of it tonight, where um, you know Del Bonner had this beautiful driving layup and dish to Joshua, and and you know jo- Josh finished uh, in the paint, and then of course uh, I can't remember if it was Bonner. I think it was Bonner was driving and uh, hit Caleb Lohner with a perfect uh, pocket pass and, and Lohner dunked it on the baseline. I mean, you know, those things are going to open up as, as the season goes along, as we have more repetitions. Uh, you know, I do think that uh, Josh and Caleb have great potential as finishers. Jalen has kind of proven he can do that. You know, he's, he, he seems to be a pretty good finisher uh, in, at full speed. You know, so there, there's a lot to like. You know, there, there's a lot. You can see the potential there. You know, Caleb Boner is a little bit of an untamed cult right now. I think I think he's this game's going to slow down for him, but he's hurrying his shots. You know, he's he's sometimes he's over aggressive in the paint, leads to turnovers. Uh, but you got to love the effort. You know, 10, 10 rebounds, that's great. 
Uh, you know, Langston Love gets in there and he plays really hard. He, it was good to see him hit a three, ends up with five points on the night, two for four shooting. Uh, just a complete team, you know, and we're not, we haven't even talked about Jordan Turner, Zach Loveday, uh, getting in there, making contributions as well. You know, and, and Jordan Turner, once he gets back from the wrist injury, I, I, it'd be nice to see uh, him get some minutes and, and uh, you know, work his way into the lineup also. That's going to be tough, though, I, to to play him in Vegas, I think, you know, because even if he's available, um, you know, playing him when he doesn't have these warm-up games, it, you know, might be a tough task. I mean, they might need to wait until after Vegas to, to kind of work him in against the McNeese states of the world. I agree with that. And I think Langston Love had his best game of the season so far. More confidence from that three-point shot when he hit the one later in the game when Flagler wisely passed it out. Uh, you talk about this sometimes, Ashley. I know in the podcast you've done with Tweedy, that one of the elements of being a good point guard is knowing when a guy needs a shot. Right. And Langston needed, I think, to see, hey, my three-point shot's there. I'm trying to do some little things defensively. I know earlier in the game his body language looked a little bit off when he felt like he was going to cut and that Baylor didn't get him the ball when he needed to. Well, then Adam hits him. I thought his play took it to another level after that. So I think with the nine guys in the rotation right now, Langston and the other eight, I think that's kind of established itself as Baylor's rotation. But Jordan Turner will get an opportunity once they play the McNeese States of the world or the TCU schedules of the world. And Zach Loveday, I think, will also get the opportunity then to say, hey, do I have a case for making the rotation? But pretty hard to play more than nine guys. But I think Langston Love is going to establish himself as somebody who's playing well enough that Baylor will stay nine a lot of the season, kind of like that 2012 campaign where Anthony Jones stayed in the rotation, but then Corey Jefferson could not quite crack it later on in the year. And that kind of shows us how old we are, actually, that uh, <laughs> we're now going back to 2012. Like, this what's going on at Big 12 Media Days. I mentioned to Scott Drew when he talked about five out. I was like, oh, I was like, you know, Flo's not hitting threes, is he? Uh, and we kind of talked about that for a second. And I was like, well, you know, Corey Jefferson just started randomly making them. Yeah. And I was like, and I could tell Scott was kind of like, that's a name that hasn't been brought up by the media in a long time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, I guess, I guess we are a little bit older than we used to be. It's so funny you say that because I was doing a, a podcast with a Kansas State guy in preparation for the football game this weekend. And, um, you know, we were talking about basketball for a little bit. And I said, you know, uh, Noel, for, for you guys, really reminds me of Pierre Jackson. And he was a younger guy that just had graduated, but he but he already graduated. He's like, who? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess, oh, I, guess, I guess if you're in your 20s, you don't know who Pierre Jackson is. But, uh, uh, you know, but yeah, that kind of made me feel old, you know. Um, it, 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 there, there's a story I like to tell around the pickup basketball games. I, I was in a gym in Dallas and uh, we're playing pickup basketball and Michael Irvin uh, would play in our games. And, um, you know, everybody knew Michael Irvin, even the young guys, because, because he's on the NFL network. And, and so, you know, he, you know, even though he wasn't their era, you know, of playing, everybody knew who he was. And and so like you know, a guy comes in the gym. He's from New Orleans, really good player. Like uh, I think it was you know around the Katrina time, he's relocating to Dallas, and he goes, uh, "Hey man, is that Michael Irvin?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "You see that guy next to him? That's Tony Dorsett." He goes, "Who's that?" And I said, <laughs> "One of the best running backs of all time, and you know, uh, you know, Hall of Fame uh, guy." He's like, "Yeah, I have no idea." Is <laughs> I guess he was like, "Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that makes sense." <laughs> But, you know, it's kind of one of those moments where you, you realize that you're a little older than the average uh, person that you're that you're trying to communicate with. It's not good for anybody. And there's a woman that um, is in the office I'm in, and she didn't know – she's very smart, but she had no idea who Condoleezza Rice was. 
and I was just like, I was like, oh my god, I was like, I was like, man, I remember the Iraq War. I remember her coming to campus. That's pretty that bad. Just That's pretty bad. Totally, totally gone. But then again, I was like, I don't know, like how many people from my age would have had any idea who James Baker and Madeline Albright were. True. And I was like, I, I don't know. So tough scene. But all, all talks about the Iraq War aside, I guess defensively, <laughs> I, we will. We promise if Baker wins the title, we will litigate the Iraq War on a podcast. But until that day comes, right. uh, defensively is maybe the, where the question mark still remains yeah. with this team. Yeah. I felt like the one thing I'm the most negative about tonight was just the transition effort was not always there. Yeah. And it, it's one thing to say, hey, it's Northern Colorado, but you really don't want that habit to catch you and give up four extra points against UCLA or four extra points against Kansas if you're having a good night in Allen Fieldhouse. And that's maybe what I'm concerned about is that these bad habits can't continue for Baylor. And I think that's where the burden of proof is on the Bears to say, we're not going to be this team once the kind of the calendar flips, but I don't like being a light switch flipping team. And I feel like right now Baylor is a little bit of that team in transition defense. Yeah. And, and we'll lose games in Vegas if, if we don't uh, do a better job there, we got to get locked in on the defensive end. No question about it. There was some, there was some sloppiness there, but, you know, we're nitpicking. I, I, I will say this, this is a, a moment I loved in the game. We came down, and, and, I, and you know, I think I know Scott Drew well enough to, to read his body language sometimes. We probably had four possessions in a row where we just jacked, like, ridiculous threes. I mean, they, two of the first two weren't bad. The last two were. And, and then, you know, I could tell he was just getting frustrated. He's like, what are we doing? There's no paint touches. We're just, you know, you know throwing up threes. We missed all of them. Uh, you know, Northern Colorado, I think, went on maybe a 7-0 run or something like that. So the very next possession, I think Adam Flagler, well, we've talked about this, you know, with Tweety Carter. He, he's, got, he's got a lot of this, like, maturity, and you know, in him. And uh, he drove in the paint. He forced his way in the paint, gave a nice pocket pass to uh, Jalen Bridges. Jalen Bridges uh, gets a layup. I mean, that right there, I think, is just an awareness of time and situation in a basketball game. And – and knowing what your coach wants, you know, knowing that, okay, we can make threes. We understand we can make threes, but we've just taken four bad shots and it's time for us to get the ball in the paint. So, you know, that, that I thought was a pretty cool moment uh, that stood out to me in the game. And, you know, I'll just say, you know, as, as far as guys that really look to set up others, I, I think Adam and Dale Bonner are the two best on the team at doing that. Uh, but Keontae George is pretty good. I mean, man, he is, he's a really good passer. Now he'll he'll turn he'll make some sloppy turnovers like he tried to uh, do you know the, uh, Josh slipped a screen really well and he kind of just was lazy with it and uh, it got stolen early in the game uh, but man he's he does a good job of just finding people um, you know as as he's off the dribble uh, he's fun to watch I mean you know those three guys making plays I mean we got a chance to to really be a high assist team and and tonight was an example of that you know Flagler gets ten. Uh, Keontae George gets six and, and Dale Bonner gets six, you know, so between those two, uh, three guys, 22 assists right there. If they keep playing this way, join oh, four, assists, four, Gatt- assists, four assists for Bonner. Sorry. Good. Yep. Yeah, if, if they keep playing this way, joining Rico gathers, didn't lift to wait until he got to Baylor, Tweety Carter's the all time high school points scorer, Jake Lindsay's dad, the GM of the jazz, uh, King McClure, nothing but net joining that on the list will be the question asked during big 12 play. The guards keep it up as well. Is it crazy to think this quartet of guards could be better than Baylor's quartet of guards in 2021? I'm not ready to go there yet. You, you got to show me more. Yeah. But 
the debate's going to start happening if they keep playing this well. And then Langston Love will establish himself too. So that's the like kind of, I got to see it because I covered that team. You covered that team, Ashley. Yep. We know what happened. Every Baylor fan knows what happens. The kids might have forgotten, like they forgot about Pierre Jackson, but we have not forgotten about that group. But the question's going to start coming if they keep playing this well because this is the best backcourt in the country. Get out of here, Caleb Love. Get out of here, Marcus Sasser. <laughs> There's not the combination yeah. of five guards better anywhere in America than this group. No, I agree. I agree. But, you know, they're going to have to put it on paper. It's it's in, and They're going to have to do that in Vegas. So um, right now, Illinois is crushing Monmouth. They, they've gotten off to a great start this year. And uh, UCLA is in a dogfight with Norfolk State. That Norfolk State team is good. It was 22-16. UCLA just scored, so it's 24-16 right now. But that's uh, halfway through the first half. And, uh, of course, Virginia didn't play because of the tragic events that happened. Uh, you know, man, just feel for the families there. You know, awful, awful stuff. And uh, pray for healing uh, for that situation. Uh, you just hate the senseless loss of life uh, that happened at the University of Virginia. Um, I hope Virginia makes the trip to Vegas. I, I think they will. I, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Um, you know, but uh, that would be a shame if if they had to dro- if they dropped out of the you know the tournament because of this. Um, if they do drop out, what do you think? Do you think the do you think they'll try to pull off a round robin and and that all three teams will just play each other? Um, you know, so that they'll each team will get two games. I, I, or or do you think they'll try to find a, a last minute replacement? I would think probably replacement, but I think Virginia will play in it. Yeah. I think whenever there's a tragedy like this, obviously senseless, awful. Um, certainly both of our thoughts are with the community at Virginia uh, and those players who died and the people who died at Virginia. But I think playing the games will ultimately be what Virginia will decide to do, and that'll be a great way to honor them and um, kind of show that you have to go on after tragedies. But what an absolutely senseless act. But I would think Virginia will make the journey out to Vegas. Yeah. All right, so Baylor's up to five in Ken Palm. They moved up one with the win tonight. Uh, looking at some of the advanced stats, uh, we've got some uh, – Dale Bonner is the MVP, 185 offensive rating, and um, Adam Flagler, 145. He's he's off to a terrific start this year. Ten assists, one turnover for him. You'll take that 10-to-1 ratio every day of the week. Uh, LJ Cryer, 119 rating. You know, some good stuff. Josh Joshua, uh, 153 rating. So, uh, Ken Palm liked what they saw. They, and Jalen Bridges, 143. Jalen Bridges has been really efficient. I, I think we knew that he would be. And, you know, we love Matt Meyer and what he did for Baylor. But Jalen's an upgrade so far. Like, he, like his efficiency, he's got like a 168 offensive rating right, right now through three games. That's ridiculous. If Jalen Bridges and Matt Meyer are your starting uh, power forward, you'd prefer to have Jalen Bridges. I think Matt Meyer is a better eighth, seventh or eighth man on the team. Right. And I don't mean that like too much of a backhanded compliment, but if you have to have one in kind of a prominent role on the team, you'd rather have Jalen. And so that's good for the Bears this season. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. He's going to be exciting to watch. Any other party thoughts before we put a wrap on it? Um. You know, I think we put up more of a fight on this podcast than TCU did, so credit to us. <laughs> and let's hope the football team uh, <laughs> continues to make this a week to remember for TCU athletics. Um, let, let's hope that, that uh, if we follow through with, with a Saturday um, a situation that uh, has, has the TCU fans apocalyptic, to, to say the least. Um, so you've been listening to a Sick'em 365 podcast with Ashley Hodge and Kendall Cout, Sick'em Bears.